0: Hi, Jill. Welcome to the Crush the Rush podcast today. How are you? Great, Holly. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Jill and I actually went through a mastermind that we're both in. And when Jill was sharing her background and then sharing the fact that she was an author and was talking about this concept of sticky situations, I was like, ooh, we need to dive into this more. So. Jill, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do?
1: Awesome. Thanks for the intro. So I am Jill Schroyer, and I am the owner of Expedition HR. It's an HR consulting company, and I call myself the chief HR nerd in my company because I love all things HR and try and make it not so boring as it typically is. And as you mentioned, I just published my first book on a topic that I love, which is sticky situations. It's an area that I'm kind of niching down into because I, I, I just lean into it when others lean out. And so I really feel like that's the area I need to be focusing on and just love consulting, but also kind of co- coaching my clients on sticky situations as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. So let's dive right in. And can you explain what a sticky situation is? Like what, when you say sticky situation, like what do we mean? And then I think you had a couple of examples, like, cause it can apply to work or your nine to five or your side hustle or pretty much any instance
1: in life. You may have one of these. So I describe a sticky situation as one of those situations that makes you have headaches, keeps you up at night, makes you feel anxious, and it's something you just dread addressing. Like you said, it can be at work or in your personal life. It's just one of those things that you just, it just makes you feel icky to even think about knowing that you have to eventually address it. I'll give you some examples. Yeah, like at give work, us some- maybe you have someone. On your team, Uh, sorry, Holly. (laughs) No, that's okay. An example might be at work if you have someone on your team who's having hygiene issues, like body odor. (laughs) That's a typical. I've actually, uh, unfortunately, had to deal with that, and I always found that I made them feel comfortable. So that's an example of one sticky situation, and. In personal life, maybe it's your mother-in-law that doesn't respect your family's boundaries or maybe a friend who keeps asking to borrow money and it starts getting really awkward. Yeah,
0: I love that. Those are really uh, great examples. I would say one that probably comes up in the side hustle world is like finances or asking for something maybe that you're nervous to ask for. Um, One of the things that we wanted to dig into, which is actually I think what your book is about is like steps and confidence to really conquer those sticky situations. So when we think through it, um, how do you, how do you get past those situations and how do you apply it to just everyday life?
1: Yeah. So I break it down into five steps and every situation is a little different. So I'll give that kind of disclaimer, but essentially there's five steps. And if you follow those steps fairly closely, you're going to have the most chance of, what I say, conquering your sticky situation. So I love talking about gratitude. And so that's the way I say to enter into these conversations. So step one is say thank you. Just, hey, thanks for sitting down with me and having this conversation. Or these days, it might be a a Zoom call. Just thank them for taking the time. To speak with you so even if it's something that you're maybe upset with them about or at work a performance issue or maybe you have a business and it's a vendor you're dealing with you can still say thanks for your time yeah I love that that's super
0: helpful Hey you, I wanted to pop in here with an exclusive invite to my private Facebook community, Crush the Rush, where I go live every Monday to give you my best tips and tricks on how to run a full-time business on a part-time schedule. Plus, I teach you the strategy and the systems that I use on a daily basis and give you the boost of motivation you need. And there's more. We have guest speakers, monthly workshops, and you get direct access to me and the community to ask questions and really take your goals to the next level. If you love this podcast, you are going to love the Crush the Rush community. You can jump in via the link in the show notes, and I cannot wait to connect more.
1: So the second step, I say, just get it out there while you're having the conversation. And um, kind of jumping ahead for a quick second, I have an approach to these five steps, which I can talk about briefly after. But when you state why you're having the conversation, less said, best said, you want to get it out there. And I'll give kind of an example of what I mean by that. Say you're terminating a relationship with a vendor in your small business. And um, maybe, you, you know, they'll be surprised by it. The first thing you say is, after you say thank you for having the conversation is I'm here today because I'm no longer going to use your services and you just get it out there. Um, I felt and anxious so, just as you said that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like taking all the notes <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, that's the reason for the conversation. And so I say, you know, say the quick thanks and then just get it out there because everyone in the conversation Probably knows there's a reason for the conversation. And so it's like you say, Holly, it's just going to stress both sides out unless you just get it out there. Um, so step three is is what's the issue? What is the issue? So um, I say keep it. To no more than three things. And if you talk about more than three things, you're going to start muddying the water, you're going to get off track. So I even say, keep it to like one or two key things. So this kind of vendor example, we could say, you know, uh, we're going to uh, terminate our working relationship today, or however you want to say it. And um, the reason for that is when I've asked for you to deliver this, it's been late the past three weeks. And In order to deliver great service to my clients, I can't have things late. And you don't have to repeat, so I'm ending the relationship. You just say what the issue is. And then the next step Is is depends it's applicable in certain situations is how you expect things to improve or kind of what the expectation is so keeping on with this, um, like ending a relationship with a vendor example you might say, I'd appreciate it if you could invoice me for everything I owe you if you could do that, by the end of this week that would be great I'll get you paid. And then you end with gratitude, kind of bookends of gratitude, as I say. And so at the end, say, thanks again for speaking with me. Do you have any questions? Done. Yeah, I love there are so many nuggets in what you just went
0: through. One, I love how just direct you are, because I think so many times when we're in like a situation that makes you nervous, you just start using all the words and you just walked through like very directly how to handle it. Um And I love that you, at the end, set an expectation and a deadline. And I feel like, and I know we're not even talking about sales calls, but I feel like that applies, that structure can apply to so many conversations to just begin and end with gratitude, talk about why you're there, like what the issue is or what you're covering, and then add a a deadline or an expectation. That's genius. Um, (laughs) Any, I guess, other tips like, So clearly follow this framework, but like as you're going through it, um, any other tips sort of as you're trying to map it out maybe ahead of time?
1: Yeah, so I say I have a three-pronged approach to these five steps. So, you know, the five steps are fine and good, but... I feel like they all need a little bit um, kind of more depth, which is why I go into and this is what I go into the book. I outline the five steps and then this three prong approach, as I call it. So the three prongs are keep it simple, keep it straightforward and keep it human centered. So I'll kind of give you an example of each of those. I mentioned a little bit when you're saying, um, like, why you're having the conversation. That's where simple comes in. Less said, best said, fewer words, less, you know, don't use filler words. Just say exactly what the issue is. I come from a background of working in workplaces where I often had to help managers terminate employees. So the first thing I'd say is today we're ending your employment that's few words. There's no, actually we're here because we just want to tell you that's using filler words and you lose yeah. the meaning of what you're trying to say. Um, and so the second approach or prong is called uh, being straightforward. And I say it's not being brutally honest, it's being direct while being professional, sincere, and kind. There's just no reason why we can't say something directly, but not be mean about it. I worked with someone once. I'll never forget. I have this story in the book. And she used to tell me, I had to correct her on the way she dealt with other people in the workplace. And she said, well, I'm just brutally honest. And I said, I'm not trying to change who you are at work. We can't speak like you do to people. Being brutally honest is not the best approach. You can be honest and sincere and also be kind. So I say remember that because you can turn this conversation for the worse very quickly if you don't remember that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really applicable too because I know a lot of listeners have teams that they're leading or maybe are looking to build a team or maybe just have like maybe a couple of contractors that they're working with. Um, Or again, are even thinking about like conversations with clients or potential clients. And I think being straightforward keeping it simple. And then I love what you just said in terms of like, there's a way to be direct, but being direct that is like mindful and polite as well. So really good advice.
1: So there's just the third prong is being human centered and they all kind of relate to each other. So being human-centered is just the simple fact of remember, we're all human, like call upon empathy and just see how you would feel if you were being delivered this message. So if you need your performance corrected or you're a vendor that thought maybe you were doing a good job and then your client tells you they don't want to work with you anymore, just kind of see how that would feel on the receiving end. And I say, just keep that in your mind, because it's going to help the way you deliver the message just to be It can still be direct, but it's going to be kind. And I have all these exercises in the book, how to kind of practice being human centered in your everyday life. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to have a conversation. I got to call upon all these things, simple, straightforward. I give you techniques and like what I call personal development challenges. So this is how you operate in life.
0: Yeah. Can you give us a peek at like what uh, maybe one of those
1: challenges might be? Sure. So uh, with the simple challenge, um, I'll go with those three prongs. So one thing I say is to when you're just talking with someone, maybe at work, not about a sticky situation, but you have to maybe talk with your boss or a coworker about the status of a project. And I say practice not using filler words. Practice just saying few words, get your point across and let everyone get back to work. And so if you do that every day, when you have a sticky conversation to have, it's going to come a lot more natural. Um, And same with straightforward, same thing, less words and human centered. It's just you know, be thinking in your everyday life. I love just the example of, I love donuts. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Nice. I love a old. food example. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fairly healthy person, but I say, you know, every now and then just think, how could I make someone's day a little better? And, you know, these days it's tough. We're not all going out that much into offices or um, to appointments, but bring maybe the receptionist to your doctor's appointment, a coffee or a donut, or just something to what I say, just remember the huge And if you do these things every day and just thank people more and send a text telling someone how much you appreciate them and uh, do these things. And then in this conversation, you're going to call upon skills that you just use in your everyday life. So, um, yeah, to kind of just making it part of almost who you are. Yeah,
0: no, I love that so much. Um, Let's talk about how to prevent sticky situations. So one of the things that you can do is like just... I don't want to say avoid because they happen all the time, but like how to prevent sticky situations as they come up?
1: Sure. So in my, I'll kind of relate it to my approach in HR consulting, but then I can also speak to it kind of in general. In my consulting, and I'll run through it really quick, I basically lay the foundation for recruiting and onboarding, how you manage performance. That means from all things like telling someone they're not doing well enough or what I call like the high-performing jerk who does really well (laughs) but treats everyone poorly, Um, and then understanding the basics of employment law how to recognize people, make them feel valued, all the way down to like what you pay them, the benefits. So I go through all these things to set up systems and processes and just good like infrastructure to avoid sticky situations at work. And an example might be, you know, ask the right interview questions. So six months later, you don't have a sticky situation where you have somebody that you've avoided telling they're not doing a good job or this vendor example, you go into a relationship with a vendor and you didn't ask the right questions. And six months later, you feel super awkward telling them that they're not really what you expected. And um, so in life, I say, communicate, communicate, communicate. If there's something, I'll use the example of a, maybe a friend that keeps asking to borrow money. You know, if they ask once, you know, You can maybe, if you feel like you should give them some, but if they ask again, try and just kind of nip it in the bud because the more you avoid it, you're going to, the likelihood that you're going to end up in a sticky situation just increases. So just communicate things and call upon these strategies here and there so it doesn't become what I call like a full-blown sticky conversation where you have to take all these uh, steps and kind of plan and prepare and get so stressed about having this really tough conversation.
0: Yeah. And I think you just nailed it when you talked about systems and structure in place. That's one of the reasons I'm such a huge fan of just systems and structure, because that way you make sure that you cover all of the details that you might not be thinking about when like, you know, life gets stressful or life gets busy. Like a podcast is a great example. Like there are, there are a couple of rules that I have to follow, right? Like you have to sign a a waiver so that I can use your image or I can use your voice. And like, I have a system behind that so that if I end up sharing this and then one day you're like, Holly, why in the world would you share that podcast? So I can be like, well, you signed this waiver and it makes it much more um, maybe easier to have that direct conversation because we do have that system or structure um, in place. So I think that can apply uh, to a lot. So anything else around sticky situations that might be helpful for people to think about as they're sort of navigating through their side hustle
1: or their job or just everyday life with family? Definitely. So there's one and it's my favorite. I call it the what ifs. So this is something my clients always forget about. And even when I mention it, they kind of want to breeze over it really fast. And I have friends that have come to me and said, how do I handle this situation? You're always talking about this for your work. And I say, well, let's let's talk about the situation, but let's talk about what I call the what ifs. What could happen when you deliver the message? Might they cry? Might they lash out at you in anger? Might they be super confused? Might they try and contradict everything you say? And again, a lot of people say, Oh, I don't want to think of all these things, it's going to stress me out. And I say, It is so well worth your time to think what could happen and then have a plan. So, each of those things, so let's say. Um, you know, you think, well, they might be angry, you know, they, we worked, we had to go through a long process to say, set ourselves up with this vendor. If you have a side hustle and there's someone you work with, that's like a key component of things going well. And you put so much time into this Well, both sides did. And they tell you, you know, you're a huge disappointment. I thought this was going to be a great relationship. You want to be ready for what you'll say. And one of the tools I talk about is putting off the conversation saying, I think we should revisit this let's pause right here and let's can I call you tomorrow and you know in 24 hours and we'll finish the conversation I think we're both you know maybe getting more heated than we want to or just kind of state what's happening and pause and revisit that's a tool you can always use oh I love that I mean I feel like you can use
0: that in life (laughs) just in general like just take a minute to take a breath and come back to it um I love this framework. I love it anytime that there's a straightforward, like, step-by-step way to handle something that maybe is not um, your favorite thing to do. But one of the things that I also wanted to talk about is how you turned sort of this, like, idea and what I would maybe call your methodology into a book, which is amazing. Like, you could go out and buy this book on Amazon um, and it's an awesome book. So I'd love for you to just give a little insight into how did you take your methodology and become an author?
1: You're great. Well, happy to answer that. So I, <laughs> it's funny, I had the idea about writing a book, just putting all my knowledge into a book as simple as that thinking, okay, I've been in HR for 20 years, I should just put this all in a book. And for nine months, I could not get it together. I I love self-help and personal development. And I just could not tie the two together. And I thought it was too much of a stretch. Like I said, for nine months, I tried this. And finally, one day, I just thought the most success I've had with clients is sticky situations. It's what I do. I help them, you know, conquer the ones they have, prevent ones from coming in the future. And that was kind of my lightning bolt moment of, This framework is not only going to help small businesses, individuals, that is what the book should be about. And I was so thrilled how it came together to pull in that personal development side, because I I just wouldn't be true to who I am if I didn't pull that in. And my clients, anyone who's worked with me knows that I always talk about gratitude and growing yourself in the process. And how do we all become better in the process instead of just looking at it as a process and so it, it just came together at the kind of the fall, going into the fall of 2020 when I said, I'm just, this is what it's going to be. And it just all came together and became the book that it is and just really complements this framework that I've been using for so long. And it was it was just a great way for me to really package it up and um, let people really see exactly what it is I do. HR is kind of a, a term some people don't quite know what we do exactly and so this is my zone of genius as they say yeah I love that so much
0: and I think it's just a testimony to like you know keeping at it and if you have a vision like don't give up on that vision um just digging into the book a little bit more because I know I have quite a few listeners who are maybe have that on the horizon any advice that you would give on writing a book like just you know what are like two steps that you could take just to get going if you have that goal
1: absolutely so first this isn't part of the two steps but I feel that everyone has a book inside them and I will preface this with I don't feel like I was a writer and frankly still don't identify as a writer so I feel like everyone has some sort of story or process or framework that they could put into the book so that's kind of the first thing if anyone has doubts thinking oh I'm not even going to go into that. I couldn't do it. I really think we all have it somewhere in us. So it's a matter of, um, I think, two things. Mapping out and like a mind map and an outline. And then second thing is committing to writing like one hour a day. And if you do that for, you know, three to six months, you'll have, you know, a 150 page book at the end of it. Is kind of my experience. And if you stick to it, you will be able to have something. And then I love the book by Elizabeth Gilbert about big magic. And she yeah. says, don't block your creativity. And I was doing that for probably nine months. And so I tell people, just write. Just make yourself sit down every day and write. And it becomes habit and your creativity will start flowing. And the other piece, I know that was kind of a long-winded. No, I love it. But the other piece is kind of this whole thing about uh, like traditional publishing or self-publishing. And I went into it thinking, why would anyone self-publish? Like those just the authors that can write junk and publish it and everyone would want a a traditional publisher. And I turned that whole idea on its head. Now, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with traditional publishing, but I did a ton of research and used um, self-publishing school. Actually, it's like a college course to walk me through all the steps, some of which I touched on, like mind mapping, getting your outline. And then, you know, self-publishing is a complete, like, it's a formal process. It's not, it's not like, you know, you just write a book, throw it into a PDF and publish it. There's a lot of steps you can take to make it super professional from editing to professional formatting. I just say, whatever method you go with, I mean, traditional publishing, they're going to do all that for you. Self-publishing just don't cut corners and you're going to come out with a book that a, you can make money from (laughs) traditional publishing. You don't make a lot of money from it typically. And, um, yeah, it's it'll, you'll make a really quality product if you just take, you know, all the professional steps to making a book that's really good quality.
0: Yeah, I love that. A couple of things. One, I love a good mind mapping session. That's like the number one thing I recommend to all my clients to start with It's just brainstorm um, and then take that brainstorm and put it into an outline. Like, I feel like you can apply that to any situation and it helps. Um, and two, I love the tip about self-publishing because I think I don't know anything about publishing a book, but that does, um, sound very professional. And I think it's, it's always good to have, um, different options. So thank you, Jill. I love this so much. This is one of my favorite topics because I feel like we all have sticky situations. I love the name. Um, And these are some awesome tips to really just get out of them or avoid them um, in the right way. I don't mean avoid by not addressing them. So one of the things we do at the end of each episode is just dig into your routine a little bit more as a working mom. um, Can you tell us a little bit about what your morning routine looks like now?
1: definitely so I love my morning routine and I actually added a chapter at the end of my book it's called the wiggles routine it's a super funny acronym but this is what I do and I always relate I love dogs and like puppies need to get out their wiggles before they will not eat your furniture and so I look at it as I'm the same way if I don't do my morning routine that's how I get my wiggles out, as I call it. So I do some things the night before. I put out what I'm going to wear. I set my intention for the morning. That's the W and I. And then the morning, one of the G's is gratitude. The next G is growth. The um, L is loosen and listen, a quick stretch. And as I say, just listen to what the universe is trying to tell you. And the E is a quick examination of self, what's going well, what's not going well. And I say, what are the things I can start doing to kind of go in a better direction with things that aren't going well? And the S I call the send it. What is the one thing that you can send off literally or just complete in the morning? That's going to feel super satisfying.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I'm going to totally use that. It's such a cute acronym too. Hi there. So, so many of you have reached out to me asking for various options for how we can work together one on one this year. And maybe if you have been listening and following along, you might have looked at my courses and you might have looked at the mastermind, but there's just something stopping you. And it has nothing to do with the program, it has everything to do with how you feel about it working for you. So, you might be asking, what if it doesn't work? What if it's too hard? What if it's just another tool that I leave on the shelf? I totally get it. I do. I have been in your position. But imagine for a moment that it works. It brings in the perfect people and your business grows and it ends up being fun and easy and you are not burnt out. So I can't take the fear away, but what I can promise you that if you work with me one on one, you will have all the tools and in the exact plan you need to build your business confidently with success. So I whipped up something together to ease your wallet and still get you what you need. I am introducing a brand new 90 minute business intensive. It's me. It's you. It's 90 minutes. It's digging into strategy systems, social media, and schedules that are all customized to you with built in accountability. Plus you get access to two of my mini courses It could be just what you need to get started. I am dropping the link in the show notes. And if you use the code FEBRUARY2020, you can save $100. So sign up because spots are limited. I have two spots left for February and three spots left for March. Can't wait for us to dig into your strategy together. Let's do it. What is the one resource that's helped you the most on this journey so far? I think
1: it is meeting up with other business owners through you know business groups, networking and masterminding. I did my first mastermind in 2020. The pandemic hit and I thought I need something else. and that was such a breakthrough moment, and so now I'm in my second mastermind, and it has made so much of a difference. I mean my business is not anywhere near the same it was before I joined. I love that. I would have to agree with
0: you as well. And then just for fun, what was one last thing? What was the last thing you purchased on Amazon?
1: Headphones. (laughs) All these Zoom meetings, I had to get more comfortable headphones and some hands-free ones. So two sets. I love it. (laughs) Oh, two cents. That's
0: exciting. So, well, thank you so much, Jill. This I know this was really helpful just to apply to everyday life as well as your professional or your side hustle business. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to?
1: Awesome. I'm on mostly on Instagram, I'm small business HR Utah. And while I don't just serve Utah, that's where I can be found. Just love delivering what I call nuggets of information, all based around sticky situations. And then I'm on Facebook as well with small business HR and it's under Expedition HR as well. And then my website, expeditionhr.com is probably the best hub where to reach me. There's a, a button to contact me and join our newsletter and hear more about sticky situations.
0: Yeah. And I know we're going to link her sticky situation guide in the show notes. So we'll make sure to put all those, all that information there as well. So thank you, Jill. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the crush the rush podcast. If this was helpful to you, I'd love it. If you would please leave a review, it is truly what makes this show keep going and keeps the amazing guests possible. Even better, tag me on Instagram stories and let me know what you think. I cannot wait to hear from you.